Jane Miller has another beautiful story to share. Her twins, Sarah and Stephen, have both lived lives of challenges and privileges. Stephen, more typical than Sarah's life, but Jane gives us candid stories of her love and journey through it all. Dearest Sky's the Limit community and beyond, welcome, welcome to another awesome feature as we learn about some different perspectives on inclusion and community, along with many, many life lessons when we sit down and talk with the wonderful Jane Miller. Oh, and just a heads up, we did do a little bit of a field recording off of uh, Rappahoe between Folsom and 28th at a nice little coffee shop patio spot on a blue sky sunny day in December in Boulder. So you might just hear the birds <laughs> chirping in the background. Sky's the limit and beyond. Over now. Hi, Jane. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. Getting, getting uh, on. Welcome to the Sky's the Limit podcast. Okay. Um, don't feel nervous or anything for how, how long it took me to set it up. We, uh, honestly, what I want out of these is just um, to have a conversation. I ask you one leading question, and then we'll see if we, where we go from there. Go. Um, well, what is your story? Well, I'm the mother of... Um, twins who were born at 25 and a half weeks. They're in a hospital for actually 111 days. Wow. They came home they were, on oxygen. Wow. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yep. yep. Both Stephen and Yeah. Yep. Sarah. They came home together. And um, from there it's been in and out of the hospital and <laughs> in and out of um, some great times and some hard times and very special times. Sarah is um, more challenged cognitively and physically. Yeah. Stephen um, had had the most physical challenges in at birth and while he was um, in the hospital, but he's managed to work with them and he's well um, he, um, he went to school he went to college to be an engineer and didn't like it and now he's um, a physician's assistant yeah in New York City yeah in, um, I'm gonna pause you right now you're I asked you what your story was um, you're talking about Steve they are my story and Sarah yeah that's true they are my story that's they're true. 32 years old now yeah. and for 32 years they have been I am what they have been yeah. they are they ended up who I am. Yeah, but that my, and that's true. That's just what that's what my dad's identity became. Yeah. Surprise. Right. I stopped. Working. I went what to school mean? actually to become a special ed teacher. I was already a PE teacher, and I went back to school um, after um, they were born and took a few classes and became certified as a special education teacher. And I went back, and you can't you can't be the parent of two kids with special needs and work full-time. No. And because neither of them got the best of it, anything. Yeah. So um, I stayed home. Yeah. yeah. I stayed home. I volunteered a lot. I did a lot of um, advocacy work. I did some with your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I met some incredible people. I learned a lot about life, 
a lot, you know, that it's not not easy, but it can be done, and sometimes it's easy. And it, what, well, all right, what did you learn about life? Um, I learned um, that you can do a lot more than you think you can do. I learned that everybody walks with heavy shoulders mm-hmm. sometime in their life. Yeah. Um, I learned that people rise to the occasion that that friends, family, my children, they can be more than even they think they can be when they have to be. Yeah. I think. So, I... I, I I'm growing still. I'm 68 years old now, and I'm growing still. And I, yeah. I learn all the time. I learn. I so, was on a Zoom this morning, yeah. learning about how to interact with my daughter. Yeah. So. So some people, when they have adversities, um, or as you say, heavy shoulders in life, they can view the world kind of darker or more mm-hmm. negatively. Do you think that's true for you? I, what's true for me is that before I went through the disability community, I judged more. I judged, well, they could pull themselves out of it. They can do this. Yeah. They can do that. But I know that time after time after time when you're down and you're down and you get through one, you get through one <laughs> catastrophe, yeah. another one's going to come. Yeah. And so just be prepared and, and just keep going. Just... Um, my brother had this thing when he was in high school and he had this little poster on the wall and it said um, quit is never win and win is never quit Yeah. and um, I put that on my son's wall and I put it yeah. on my daughter's wall yeah. and so I just think that you just have to keep going and things aren't always what you seem yet what, what you think they are and uh, to be a little more trusting of people when my daughter was in school, I did something um, to a teacher that I regret. I regret that I oh, did really? that. I didn't trust her. Yeah. I didn't trust her. And um, that is one thing that, that, that still hangs over me. Yeah. I, and I've told her since, you know, yeah. that so I regret that. But that was. <laughs> no. That's okay. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's done. I, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, um... I just, and I, I don't mean everybody is good because there's some, there are some people that there are some bad people. Well, and more I think, um, it's interesting about politics now. I think people, yeah. uh, some people have had to sell their souls to get where they are, and that's that's in medicine. That's, that's in anything. In, yeah. Yeah, and um, that's because I. Personally, I have a, I have a, I don't like capitalism, uh-huh. and I think that that capitalism ultimately, if you want to succeed in capitalism without inheriting old money or something like this, you have to, it, it automatically you're taking resources from another person, from another group, because that because there's only a finite amount of money, right, in, in all of society or whatever, in order to make it for yourself, you have to take it from somebody else. So there's always this like. I don't- I personally don't feel like money is that big of an issue. Yeah. I, I personally, I don't think that like when I sell the, when I say this, things, things like power sell, or status, sell their stuff. soul. 
is that they've left family, yeah. that they've hurt their spouse, that they've yeah. neglected their parents or, or, or their children or their real job to get something in another world that they eventually get invited to. And yeah. So, to me, money comes and goes. I mean, think of all the millionaires that have lost everything and they built it back up. Or they, some people can do money. Some people just can. And some people can do everything without money. I know a lot of people, especially in the disability world, that um, have chosen to live in a, a lower income bracket, but they are the best people. They yeah. are the best people, and yeah. they're happy, and, and they have wonderful families. And yeah. yeah, I don't think money does. It could make things easier. And, yeah, but it's not going to bring you happiness. No. Um, all right, so then do you think, I, you know what I love is just hearing... Um, you used to be, you said, sort of judgmental. You judge people maybe a little easier. After Sarah and Stephen, yes. you know, you feel like, and being a part of the disability community, you say, oh, it opened your heart a little bit more maybe is yes, one way to did. put it. Yes. Um, I, I, I have this line from a poem uh, that I said, um, if it weren't for my brother's differences, I might still be throwing bones past people who are different than me in the backyard of my privileged intentions where I I think like I, I don't I don't I don't know how to not see people on on a spectrum in a in a, in a positive sense of like why like how can somebody judge someone for how they their race their religion their, like so many things about them it's like impossible to me to, to really do that I guess I, do, I feel like I can just see see people as a whole person no matter who they are because of Bryce's life, right, um, and being being his brother, and maybe it's even other things that I've, I've experienced in face too. But um, but then, but there's so many folks out there that kind of have these binary viewpoints and, and want to categorize everybody and label everybody and, and you're bad, you're good, like all these kinds of right. things, right? Right. So I'm just hearing that. So that's that's been a I similar. Do feel that. It's been I a do very feel. similar thing that I've I've been getting from from our community do you know what one thing that I noticed um, I belong to a hiking group and there's 13 women in it and before COVID and all that we were hiking two or three times a week and and all that and um, many of them have said to me I don't know how you do it yeah I just don't know how you do it you look tired today you look this today but they have other things they have other, other issues. I, I mean, I have friends that have typical, quote unquote, children yeah. that are drug addicts. Yeah. That are, um, you know, they're on their third baby with their third husband, and yeah. they're just, I, I don't think anyone gets off scot free, and oftentimes I feel fortunate yeah. that I have my children, and I, um, I'm grateful for them and. And um, an interesting thing is, is that many people will say, well, I got divorced because of the kids, or, you know, I got divorced because it was really hard to have this child with a disability and all this. Well, it saved my marriage. Because we were so focused on the kids that we didn't, 
we didn't think about splitting and we didn't think about and and we're very different and I've thought now that I'm 68 I've thought gee I wonder if we didn't have the kids if we would still be married because he was retired now and it comes out how different we are yeah so you got more time between you yes 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 and it's just Sarah and she's older and she's can spend more time alone on the computer doing games and puzzles and that and so yes so we'll have more time alone and I just laugh and say who would have ever thought that it would have you know they could have saved our marriage and I think it probably did wow yeah wow yeah and I know that that's not common however we're both religious and I I think God has a heavy hand on us yeah and um, I um, we're around people who um, are healthy, you know, they, they exercise, they work out and all that. And so that helps us. Yeah. And um, being outside the house and being, we're so blessed to be here in beautiful Colorado. I know. This is a just lovely amazing. day. I know. Today, I, it right? is. It yeah. is. I mean, being outside December 7th, 8th, 8th yeah. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And so. the, the whole earth is in a pandemic right now and we have the good fortune of being able to meet and just talk and be relaxed and, and be just, at peace and yes, safe, you know, yes, 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 yes. And knowing, and when I see the the news and I see um, yeah. how many people can't be outside no. and yeah. you know, they're back in the... <laughs> or, or, or facing tyrannical, terroristic rule right now, you know, know what I mean? If we were in, in an impoverished nation and all that stuff, yeah. I know. That's so much privilege to reflect on, yeah. Yep. Well, so then, so then, um, would you be willing to speak on maybe like what value then Sarah's life's given to you, or, or maybe even when we're talking religion, almost maybe we're seeing her purpose in life or for her life and others. You know what I'm saying? She is. Um, she had Sarah has a favorite saying. Life is good. Yes, she does. And everybody that she meets, life is good, life is good. I just took her to get tested for COVID. She she had a little fever, a runny nose, and I'm panicked, so I'm running to the the testing site. She's carefree about it, isn't she? Well, and so I rolled down the window, and I said, this is Sarah, and Sarah has special needs, but she doesn't mind getting her nose tickled. (laughs) And she reached out the window and said to the woman who was all dressed in the garb yep. with a mask and yeah. a shield and her gloves and she's oh honey oh honey life is good oh honey life is good yep. and the woman just looked at her and said oh you made my day uh, yeah. <laughs> so she I don't ever feel um, burdened Yeah. I feel tired yeah. I feel like geez I could use a long weekend in a spa somewhere I yeah. feel like, like that but I don't ever feel like uh, I shouldn't have to do this. Yeah. I don't feel that way. There are times I wish that Sarah um, could experience the things that a twin brother did, like going to college yeah. and um, playing on um, a soccer team. Yeah. And uh, I think that was that was my dad's challenge with Bryce was knowing that he wasn't going to 
have a family his, himself. Exactly. Have girlfriends. Yes. Do things on his own and that sort of drive a car. You know, have have those kinds of those kinds of milestones of a, of a typical person. Some independence right? yeah. to make choices and to be able to go and do them. Yeah. That's that's very hard being told. Um, this is the max. This yeah. is, you know, nobody really knows, but I know that it's the max for her. She, she, she's yeah. 32 now, and she's, she, she's. You know what I found interesting about Bryce is, uh, he started talking. It must have been, like, just after he turned 30. All of a sudden, he got like more and more verbose, um, like, was expressing himself a little bit more. Now, do you think was. that's because he's out around typical people? I mean, he works a job. Yeah. He's... So, I don't know what it was. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I'm, I'm wondering if part of it is his, uh, his counselor who started just giving him lots of emotional language um, that he started seeing once a week just consistently. But then I was just wondering if, like, he just generally kind of oh a little God, notch of cognitive development just kind of pushed up. <laughs> it could. Him, I don't know, at 30 or something. I don't know. I just kind of noticed that. Um, I, so I don't know. And, and then when, she, when you mentioned kind of Sarah sort of maxing out, like maybe she's, you know, maybe there's a little level of cognitive ability that she had kind of a little later in, in right, life or something. Right, right. Like so I don't know. It's Steve like and her, scientifically proven. Steve and her brother often sends me, he works in mental health. Yeah. And so mental health is deals a lot with um, meds and um, abilities and then trying to get off the meds and all that and we don't have Sarah on any meds but he will be reading something about um, he likes the alternative stuff like diets he's really into this woman um, she's an MD she is a certified dietitian she's a registered dietitian and he sent me the book and said you know this is some anxiety this is some depression you don't know what Sarah's going to read it and so you know um, he, he said she shouldn't be drinking so much cow's milk and she should you know she, if if that's what you see that's that's the kind of thing that you'll find so I've been reading that and um, interesting stuff some giving her some tea now and um well, I think, I think Bryce's, Bryce's peanut M and M's addict. Sarah loves peanuts. M&Ms. Yeah. So I and he try my my mom. We try to give him some healthy, like one good healthy meal a day. I think if we really curbed his diet and really focused on some things, I think he would be living a little bit more of a fuller life. But. Um, it's very hard to do. It's so hard. It's so hard, yeah. Someone said to me one time, I notice people always want to give Sarah candy and ice cream, and Sarah loves ice cream. And so my take on it is, well, if you don't really know this this population, you want to feed them because you can't. Yeah, you know, certainly you can't say, you know, know, let's go have a cup of coffee or go have a drink. You can't, you you can't say, let's go to the movies because God forbid you ask her to go to the movies <laughs> so let's eat and it's yeah. junk food that junk. they give them because yeah. well, it makes them happy I think, yes. I think that's the other thing is people like us like get so immediately 
sympathetic or empathetic or whatever it might be. We just want to see them happy. Um, and so it's so easy to kind of spoil them in those, those small ways. It is. I think, yeah, that was kind of... Yeah. So when Sarah was younger, Sarah... Um, after Sarah was damaged by an immunization at age four, she already had special needs. And oh, really? at age four, she got the she, she got the um, the DPT shot to go to school, and within ninety minutes, she was in a coma, screaming like really? a like a wounded animal. And so um, her behavior shot up. She, she started having a lot, a lot of seizures, and she, she was like kind of like a little. She had, like, more than ADHD. She would yeah. run around in circles and she would do all this. And so we were blessed to find this woman who is a, um, a certified behavior analyst. And she really helped us organize Sarah. She helped us reward her for the good things, ignore the bad things, because that's what behavior is. Yeah. is yep. They are trying to tell us something. And if every day... Someone told you what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sleep, what you're going to do. Um, um, you can't go over there with those kids that are playing football. You're going to be with your mother instead. That, I mean, how would you react? You, yeah, you want control. Yes, 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 yes. So they have no control. So this woman um, gave us um, the tools to use to give her as many choices as it was appropriate to give her. And she always says to us, you don't have enough confidence in her. And she works specifically with intellectual disabilities. And she swears that people, when you control them, it means that you don't have confidence in them. That you don't have the wherewithal to say, well, she can tell me if she wants to wear a red shirt or a blue one. And if it's short-sleeved, put a longer one on over it if it's the middle of winter. Yeah. And she, she brought all that out in us. She really was. She is. And that's who I was on the Zoom call with this oh, really? morning. She was teaching a class and I went in. Yeah. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. I, there's there's a, such a grapple with independence and dependence. And, and it's a fine line. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fine safety, line. That's right. Which, which is what we think about it. You know. Yes. Bryce, my mom, dad, you, Steve. Just yeah. How, where, where that line is. Um, I mean, it's it's the smallest moments you just feel like something could happen, you know? And exactly. And having to let go and not, you know. And then you hear on TV, a typical person fell off the curb and got hit by a car. Yeah. So then every time you go to a curb, you're going to hold Sarah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it's, so it's crazy. Yeah. I, I remember I put, a, I had this idea to, because um, I was living in Boulder and mom was in Broomfield. And I was still trying to hang out. This was after Dad had died, and um, I was still trying to hang out with Bryce on the weekends and take him out and everything. And I had this thing that just pained me. I would drive out to Broomfield, we would go hang out in Boulder, I'd drive back to Broomfield, then I'd drive back to Boulder to go home. And I was like, what if I threw him in an Uber and just had Uber drive him home? I had this. I, I was like, brilliant idea. Brilliant idea to just do that. And and I did it one day. I didn't tell my mom ahead of time because I knew she was just gonna just flip, flip her, up. and then and then all of a sudden Bryce showed up at home, 
without me. And I, I, to, I told her, I was like, I put him, how did he get home? And I said, I put him in an Uber. She said, you what? And just like the phone just shook. We all would have had that same reaction. Yeah. Every mother you know would have had that same reaction. I know. And that was the last time I did that. Um, but I felt really safe about it, but she didn't. You know, Stephen said to me one time, Mom, you don't have to worry about Sarah when you get too old to care for her. She can come to live with me. I said the she same be with me. verbatim. And I said to him, do you think Sarah really wants to go do what you do, a happy hour on a Friday night, go to the movies and watch right. some god-awful thing that he watches at the theater, I don't know, some sure. Star Trek thing or whatever. Sure. I said, that's not Sarah. Sarah needs to be with... And he said, but she'll be safe with me. And I said, well, we're going to have to find another place for her to be safe. Because you bore her. Yeah. Well, and I think that it, my in my mind, uh, I've had the same thoughts. I remember I was a teenager, and I would even think that. I would say to like my dad, like... Yeah, I'll probably just, you know, Bryce will maybe live with me one day when we're around this age. So, um, and I didn't think, you know, I, I thought maybe I could set it up where I'm in an apartment in the city or something like that, and I would work really close by, and then it would work out that I would have somebody come and hang with Bryce if they needed to, or set up all the services that he needs, and, and, they, and create more independence for him than what I saw my parents allowing him. I think that I've had at least the good fortune of, or at least the the inside of like I, to be honest like right after my dad died um, I took on a lot of like okay we gotta set up what we gotta meet with case manager we gotta see what services we can get right now because my dad was doing all that sure. to be honest you know? sure. and, um, and, and we got really lucky and I asked because I remember having a conversation with my mom about it I asked I said we need to get off of the, the development of disabilities housing waiver wait list because um, we were on that, and I said we need to enter the lottery for it, and and she was like, why? I don't. We can't do that. It, it was really confused about. It. But um, but I kept pushing for all this kind of stuff, and now we've got a little gold mine of like being able to be family care providers. We got Karuna. There was one time there was a room set up. It had Bryce's counselor person had a had a imagine case manager. It had <laughs> it had it had someone from the Exemple Hospital that was his peer support person. Um, my mom, myself, and Bryce, and just all these people, just like gathered there, like just for him, you know, and all his support just for him. Um, and um, that was that was a moment of like, I think that he's gonna be okay, kind of, you know. That's interesting. Yesterday I spoke with a woman who um, is a doctor, and she has a sister that has pretty severe autism, and she said, um, I don't need Imagine's help because I have money. And I said, it's not about money. It's not, no. It's not about money. It's about resources and people. And that's huge because people don't understand that money... I think it's so far. Yes, yes, yes. And, and being part of that community, and I believe that. I believe that you need to be part of the community and that you get to know the caregivers and you get to know the passes and you know that you want, that, that Bryce's needs could be better met with this pasta yeah. than another one. Yep. You know, just, yeah. And, and um, how they provide those services are important to you. Yeah. So, so now, you're kind of touching on something we spoke off uh, off podcast hour about which was inclusivity yeah. um, so I'd love to get your viewpoint if you're willing to share 
Well, I believe in choice. Yeah. And um, let's go back. So, so my daughter was damaged by an immunization. When you're damaged by an immunization, you apply to a fund. In 1988, pediatricians and the pharmaceutical companies said, we're not giving immunizations to children anymore. We're being sued. So the government set up um, a system that every immunization that's given, whether you're going to Africa or you're going to kindergarten, there's a tax on every immunization that's put in a fund. And if you can prove that they were damaged by the immunization, well, this was 90 minutes that Sarah got the shot and she lost her functioning. Yeah. And, and so anyway, so that fund, so we applied. Sarah was awarded um, some funding and so we felt very blessed by that and didn't didn't um, put the money um, in a trust for her that would allow her to get the waivers anymore, the Medicaid uh, waivers. So Sarah is privately funded. Uh, so I have no... I, I, I don't... I don't have a reason to care to... Well, I have a reason because I care about people. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not personally involved on whether the Medicaid waiver prevents people from going to specific areas or receiving specific s services. Right. And it's my understanding now that if you are on a waiver that you cannot live in a community of all people with disabilities, that you cannot recreate in a community with all disabilities, I mean, yeah. with just segregated disabilities. If if Medicaid is going to pay for you to participate in Expand, they did once, two years ago. They stopped that. So now you have to enroll in there. Well, you need an agency. Regular. Well, no, you cannot. Medicaid will. The Medicaid waiver will no longer pay for expand activities. They will not pay for you to live in a home with four of your disabled friends. I thought that, to my understanding, I thought Medicaid gives you a certain, I don't know, kind of number of units, and then if you have an Imagine agency, they they say we can take, we can take. Uh, because they have a case manager, we can take this amount of units and then we were allowed to delegate how, how you use your units. That's right. And part of that can be, if, it, if you want a portion of that for recreation or whatever support. It can be support. recreation, but it can't be in a segregated recreation program. So uh, it would have to be, oh, oh, I see where you're getting at now. So, it, so, the, so Medicaid is saying we don't, we're not... Like, like, we're trying to push inclusivity, essentially. That's right. Right? And they're That's only right. allowing... Okay. And it's interesting because the people that push this... Yeah. Well, it's interesting. The people that pushed it are, um, are people um, involved in the disability world, it, particularly right. the National Arc. Huh. And, and the National Arc, it's my understanding the reason that this came about is is when there were institutions and they closed the institutions and they said now that you're not in an institution anymore this money will follow you wherever you go. And so they it, it was never again will, will we allow institutions and they they believe that if if, if you want to be no, if a program is just set 
yeah. for people with disabilities, that it is a segregated program and it's quote unquote an institution. Yeah. Oh. So they don't want any more institutions. Yeah, and, yeah. And my take on this is it should be your choice. Yeah. You know, you have a choice to live wherever you want. If there's 10 people with blue eyes, you can live with them. <laughs> but if your brother wanted to live with 10 people with disabilities, yeah. the waiver would not pay for it. Yeah. They wouldn't provide the services. They don't pay for the housing anyway. Yeah. They wouldn't provide for the probably, services. Probably what their argument is for that is more or less insurance, more liability, safety, no, resources, right? No, 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 no. no. It, because it, then all of a sudden so it's this increase of needs or whatever. Right? If you own the house yeah. and Bryce says, if Bryce owns the house and Bryce says, I want 10 of my friends to live with me, or five of my friends, I think it's over three actually, but yeah. within so many hundred yards of each other, they can't receive their services there. Yeah. They can live there. They can't receive their services there. Yeah. Housing and, and services supports is very complicated. Housing, um, you can't recreate, you can't work. Like if they close down all the workshops, quote unquote, yeah. well, that's how my daughter learns. Yeah. My daughter, when they approved the minimum wage act so Bryce Did she ever work at Roost? No. So she, she couldn't she, she can't do that work. Yeah. So um Did she do a labor source related thing with Yes yeah, she's doing it now. She's doing okay. in Clover and there's four of them and, oh, and it's a job training program. Yeah, yeah. But Sarah will never graduate out of that. Yeah. And I mean she's been there for five years so she, she was going to. And um so it's it's work, it's housing and it's recreation now. And literally what happened was, um, but um, Medicaid went to see the EXPAND program, and they were there for two hours, and they let, went back and said, it's a segregated program. And it was, it, it, it was no longer paid for. And people came from all over the country to see that program. You know it's yeah. going It's Sherry an amazing Brown. program. Sherry Brown. That's absolutely something to me. I gave her an award. Uh, did you hear about that? I was in... Uh, so I, I give out this Joseph McGarrah Honorary Service Award uh-huh. for... I, I call it for... To demonstrate um, uh, people who show leadership in inclusivity. Yes. Um, for people especially. And I gave Sherry Brown an award. And then um, the Daily Camera was there. And we did a cool little write-up. And when I presented did you do that? That was... 20, must have been February 2019. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was right at the end of the basketball season. You know that she retired, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and Corey and Jen left. Yeah, they all left. I mean, she's been there 25 years. I know. Corey was there almost 30. I remember I was a kid, and she was doing softball stuff. and I just. It was an amazing program. Yeah, she's a magical woman. And she did have a lot of volunteers there. Oh, my God, so many. But, um, because... Typical people didn't register for the expand program. They called it. Um, yeah, God, that's terrible. A segregated program. So what they've done is expand in their wisdom. They raise money. Yeah. And um, they give scholarships, and so people can still participate. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And I think too that I think that Sarah and Bryce should be able to live where they want to live, with yeah. whom they want to live with. Yeah. And um, that's not a popular. That is not a popular opinion. There is this group, it's called Together for Choice, 
and it's a national organization, and they lobby, they um, um, they lobby in D.C. for the Medicaid rules. Wow. They do, but they're not as powerful as they are. You know, they, yeah. you know, they don't have as many members. And, So, but I am definitely a choice person. Yeah. If you want to live in an apartment building and be the only person there with special needs, I think that is your choice. Yeah. But I also think it's your choice if you want to live in an apartment building that's all special needs that you should be able to. Yeah. So. Huh. So. Yeah. It's, uh, and, that, and that's what I like learning is I don't have any judgment or any preference to, to sort of uh, like some viewpoint that I'm pushing or something like that by any means. Like I don't have a, I don't think right, the right. sky's limit There's no bias right measure. way. There's no right way for everyone. Yeah. It should be. Now this question that I, I've been asking people and I like to think about too is around language and the power that it has. Um, and there's, in our community, there's person first language. You know, you yes. live with autism or you live with disabilities there's some people are starting to say yeah hey, I'd rather identify as autistic I'd rather identify with my down syndrome yeah um, and so I am a I am uh, or I, I am autistic um, uh, or just even there's a, there's this whole book that I read too and I did a whole series of podcasts on it about um, called neurodiversity and it's trying to push that like change of language and it's trying to change our consciousness about like who, who we are because for example a lot of people will ask me like okay what does Bryce have or like what's you know what I mean and I'm like I, it's not there's not like a thing that he has or whatever you know I think like a disorder as opposed to like having disabilities or something like that um, I don't know do, do you have some opinions on that yourself I, I think um, well it's interesting with Sarah it's pretty clear yeah. because if Sarah walked up here she'd get right in your face and say life is good yeah. life is yeah. good so can't go be, swimming. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting because some people say, what's wrong with her? Right. Oh, my God. I hate <laughs> that. Yep. And then I just say, nothing. Nothing. And then yeah. really half the time I won't say anything else. Right. Just to, They're already that. I'll put them in their, you know, I'll put them in their, yeah. their uncomfortable spot where they'll yeah. have to say, well, I didn't really mean this. And I don't think people are mean. I don't no. think that they do it. I know. I don't. I, I, but it's a good way to have them not ask that question again. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I know some typical people that I want to say, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> My brother for one of Yeah. What is wrong with you to act right. like that? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, but, but when when you're that kind of a, a typically raised like adult or something like that, you've been given the opportunity and you have the opportunity and the mindset to change your ways or to like educate yourself or whatever. And if you haven't chosen to, then you're just being ignorant. So then, what's wrong with you, right? Yeah. But um, but that's just it too. Is it's abilities. It's kind of this ability, strengths-based kind of like language or like um, where so much of it. You go into an IEP meeting. This this one guy did this, and he, he went to an IEP meeting, and he, he seventy-five pages, right? He went in and he highlighted everything that was positive, positively worded, interested in, you know, has a good affinity for, like whatever. It came down to three paragraphs, right? Wow. Started the conversation with that, and all of a sudden, the whole room had this like, oh, I realized that Jonathan's like enjoys art class. Yeah. You know, like 
all these things that are all of a sudden very positively narrated instead of just the, you can't do this, can't do that, can't yep. do this, you know, limited blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. What's wrong with you? Um, do you find... I always begin a conversation with about Sarah if I'm, like, interviewing a new employee or something. Is Sarah has a great sense of humor. Yeah. And she loves to laugh. Yeah. So if you can get her doing that, you can hear it. You know, if you just enjoy that, accept that, she'll, she'll participate in life. Yeah. I love that. I that's know. how you got, that's how we got to do it. Yeah. She's... It changes other people's attitudes, you know. It, it doesn't, you know, I think the world is different. One time my son said to me, you know, Sarah's going to be a lot better after your generation goes. <laughs> I said, what? And he said, they are. I mean. school with these people. Yeah. I was in school with everybody. They were in my PE class, in my music class. He said, somewhere in my math class, and I felt bad for him, but he said, but we, I mean, all our specials and all our, like, reading, you know, and um, he, one time he, he came home and he said to me, Mom, the smartest kid in, in, in our Spanish class has Down syndrome. And I said, what? And he said, he is the smartest kid. He knows that language back and forth. And I said, oh, maybe maybe someone in his family speaks Spanish. And he said, no, he's yeah. just smart, Mom. Yeah. He's just smart. Yeah. yeah. And so I said, you know, um, I never would have even thought about somebody like that. Never. There are companies now, I guess, that are explicitly vetting or... or um, They'll, they'll have like a question on their application or uh, when people are submitting resumes and things if they have autism or not and they're engineers and they're higher they're explicitly seeking higher them out so beca- because they're so because they don't give a shit about social like, like it's a little bit stereotype but it's true too they're not coming in late in the morning from being out the night before exactly yeah they're, they're, they're extremely dependable and um, and all they want to do is just work on their gizmos, focus, you know focus, what I mean? Yeah. And just super focus and just want to do the one thing that kind of excites, just code. You know, they'll just sit there and just flip and code. Isn't and it interesting that um, that somebody's good at everything, you yeah. just have to find it? Yes. Yep. You just have to find what they can do. Yeah. Sarah can do a jigsaw puzzle in minutes. Yeah. And she can do before it was always on the table, you know, with some pieces. Now she does it on the computer. Yeah. And it is amazing. Yeah. It is. Um, that's that's taking a mess and putting order yeah, to it. Yeah. You know? And and uh, she has a friend um, that happens to live with Don Cinder that can color in the tiniest spaces, and she does, you know, these fabulous coloring books now. These adult coloring books. Yeah. They could be framed. They are mm. just so beautiful. Yeah. They're just so beautiful, and I—I'm I, wondering. There is no top to this. There is no end. No, no. We don't know what's going to really happen. Like you say, people with people with autism going, you know, going to work as an engineer for these fabulous companies. Yeah, yeah, and I think the other part of like framing language and framing our attitudes and our approach to like people with with disabilities is. Um, it is just that it's a sky's limit, right? Is um, exactly. <laughs> I had the thought is is there's uh, I think I think defining what's valuable in society in the first place is you know 
limited with like a capitalistic idea. Yes. Like, like Br- Bryce's purpose at the hospital was literally to bring joy to everybody. You know, because mm-hmm. he hugged. He just he hugged thirty secretaries a day. They made they made he made their days like something to look forward to and just brought this. He's he's just contagious with flipping happiness. Right. That's his strength, if you will. Um, but. How do, you, how do you go into a, a, a hard decision budget meeting or something like that and, and have to decide, like, what's his monetary value or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but, but don't you think they're finding out that people that are happy and they work in happy environments, they produce much, exactly. much more. Exactly, yeah. I'm a little concerned when you hear about COVID now and you hear about all this that how how much they've learned that people can work at home. Yeah. That people they don't have to go into the office and they don't have to do that and and um, I can't live like that. I can't. I, I have know. To, I have be to. so isolated. Uh, like I'm that. I'm struggling with with this. <laughs> As it is, yeah. I know. And I wonder the um, the isolation. What effect that's what long term effects yeah. that's going to have on uh, the economy because there's all these empty office buildings now. Well, the thing that's happening right now, yeah, all these empty office buildings. The thing that's happening is all, I, I, I've never put money in the stock market. I didn't trust. I didn't like it. Whatever. Right. I put a little bit in some vaccines just because that's like the only thing I would literally support. But now I'm like already starting to watch stocks and everything and. They're just doing amazing right now, like all the whole Nasdaq and Dow and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, how? All it is is it's imaginary money working on itself and everything. And people are able to do this because of our technology now. You can just sit at home and you can be a day trader or whatever from your flipping living room or whatever. Can you imagine being, being, say, an engineer and being in an office? And so you see the other people, now they're home. They might not even know the new people that are hired. Don't even know what you look like. Or I whatever. know. Yeah. Or, or, or that you... We're just getting... We're, we're turning into uh, the singularity, the, like right. becoming closer and closer to being automated, you know? know. Tesla, Boy, right? You wouldn't Driving get a basketball us. team together to go play basketball on Fridays because I know. everybody's home already. And yeah, I'm what's home the... and I'm not going out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have... I just think about it. there's no way that humanity could continue on without concerts, you know, bands touring. You have faith in and I do, yes. and um, or like or like classroom teaching, right? Because there's so much. There are millions upon millions of kids receiving like just getting Khan Academy. I don't know if you know what that is. Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, there was someone that posted something to like. Oh, great, that they're in college or whatever. Like, great, now I'm paying $30,000 a year for Khan Academy. <laughs> um, and that, that's what it is. And I think I think that we're too textile of creatures. I think there might be more, maybe, of this at-home kind of thing that might move on. And, I hope. And people who do thrive on that, like, let them do that. But that's not me, and that's not the people that... So, Stephen lives in Manhattan. Yeah. And, and um, he, he moved there from... New Jersey because rent was way down and I said so is there a lot of traffic and he said one way and it's moving trucks moving out of the city yep. and there are so many empty buildings yep. e- empty office buildings and empty um, condos yeah. so many and he yeah. said when you walk downtown you know you kind of have to right walk now. with the flow and all this he said no yeah. and he said it's a lot of a lot of homeless people well, that, Cuomo that is 
probably more strict than uh, what's our who's our mayor of Denver right now? Not uh, Hancock or whatever. Yeah. No. The one that went on the plane. The one that went on the plane. The I know. I, I know. felt so bad for him. I know. <laughs> well, Polis and his husband got it. Yeah. We're the, all getting it. The husband's in the hospital. Oh really? Yeah, they put him in. He was having a hard time breathing and all that. Yeah. I thought so at first a, they were both symptomless. They were. And then they've, they were, they've yeah. developed. Yeah, oh, so you know, so people. people well, I really also I really hope the best for Sarah. Um, I oh for this little fever thing. Yeah. She, you don't think it's anything? She never gets sick. Knock on wood. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I never got sick. I didn't get sick since 2013 was the last time I ever got sick. And did you get really sick with this COVID? For 72 hours. I was beat up. I don't think, I I don't care, I'll go on publicly and say, I don't think this is a natural virus. I think that, I think it's a biological weapon that's been... I, th- I think that so what I've and you aren't the only one that thinks that I know and what I've seen is that so there was like a SARS-CoV-2 version of the virus in this like bat it was like BA95 blah 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 and it was like 98% similar to this current coronavirus but for that that 2% difference that genetic change or whatever happened so quickly uh, like like three or four years ago like scientists were finding these bat viruses and they're uh-huh. like oh this could mess humans up and um, uh, and so, like, then, all of a sudden, when they were discovering that, it was quieted by the government in these these, these Chinese agency or um, uh, official, local officials or whatever were, like, quieting things. And then as soon as the outbreak started, geneticists were, A, confused of how it made the leap evolutionarily uh, without it being uh, altered, and these, like, doctors who first discovered it kind of mysteriously died. Like, one died of it, another committed suicide, and then they found these, like, weird letters, like, to them, like, you can't be talking about this, and they were finding, like, changed threads of, of doctors, like, communicating to each other, and then all of a sudden just stopping, and... Yeah. yeah. I... It's I think suspicious, it, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I, and I'm not saying that, that it's, like, something, like... Like I like I'm like an anti-China kind of person or something yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, I just think I'm an anti-power person. Anybody who it could be it could have been us. Power. It could have been Russia. It could have been a Middle East country. You know what I mean? It could be anybody mm-hmm. that does that. But, it, but I felt weird. That's the other thing too. Is I felt um, like this wasn't a natural thing happening to me. You know, like I felt like I was on some sort of drugs. Do you have the antibodies? I do now. Yeah. Well, so what happened was I, I went and I got this antibodies test um, middle of the summer. So I was like, maybe I developed antibodies for yeah. some reason or whatever. Came back totally negative. Um, and then I went back there after I had finished, um, gone through my, my 10 days isolation and a few days later or whatever. And uh, he said it, it, it just, start, just started to turn that it can show that I had antibodies. But it actually takes 28 days after your last symptoms and all that stuff for you to really start antibody. And then what he said, this like biochemist kind of guy kind of doing his own thing or whatever, um, was saying that uh, it takes, um, you probably will have sort of immunity for a few months easily um, after, after you've had the virus, right? Um, it most likely won't last like your whole life let alone like a few years or something like that. Um, but undoubtedly, if you survive it, you develop antibodies. Like that's just how the immune system works, right? 
Who tested you for the antibodies? So it's a guy who he just he kind of does his own little things. Like he he does um, some sort of like alternative medicines, and he does like the, he he does like these shots of like vitamin shots that he figured out how to concentrate yeah. vitamins like shots and different acupunctures and stuff. And then he realized he could like test for COVID, and he just like yeah. started doing that. I did that on the side or whatever. Um, and I found him in a in a physical therapist's kind of office. Like when I went and I got some physical therapy, I saw his like saw his card or whatever, and I called him up and he just picked me up. But and so did he test you for the COVID? So it his little test can do both COVID and um, antibodies test. He doesn't publicize that it, he does a COVID active test, but his thing automatically does. Um, does that so then if you get an antibodies test you're actually finding out if you have it actively or not too um anyway but <laughs> i know you want to take it huh yeah. um yeah. well and then uh after i don't know if i reached out myself but now i'm scheduled for tomorrow to donate some blood um and they'll check right they'll check and the, but it the hasn't whole point, been long enough right it's been 28 days that's why they scheduled it today oh okay um good uh It'll be a little bit past that, too. Um, that's what they did. They said, if you've had it, you should donate blood to kind of help have antibody blood, like, out in the... Yeah. So I think facilities. that I had it in February. I was yeah. really sick in February. I was yeah. in bed for five days. You might have. I know. There's, there's so many people... But the antibodies could be gone by now, right? That's February, and this is that 11, so that's two. So that's nine months. Yeah. That could be true. It's probably, I don't know, Fauci went on and he said, it's not likely that it lasts years. Right. It's more than likely that it lasts months, you know, a few months at right. least or whatever. But it's it's very much so like the case of a flu where strains slightly change, like your immunity slightly changes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So every year it's good to get a vaccine. Right. right. And that's, he says. Did you get the flu shot? I did. I did, too. The first time first ever time. I got it. Ever. Me, too. Yeah. I, I haven't gotten it. Maybe, maybe I got it when I was younger or something. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is the first time I've ever received a flu I wouldn't have gotten it if I wasn't living with Bryson and Mom. So I got it because he's sad. Yeah. Yes. I know. I might. I might. I, I've been grappling with feeling, like, guilty of, like, bringing it back to the house or something. Um because I knew going and playing ball where I did was like the riskiest thing that I chose to like do or whatever more or less mm-hmm. but I did there's times when I feel guilty about certain choices that I make and uh-huh. I don't know I didn't like feel like I was like yep I'm entering into a choice that is I'm gonna have like regrets about or something like this because the other thing is like I could have picked it up in other circumstances but, yeah. although they're saying that grocery stores really aren't carrying it uh, they're not finding it in there and people people are kind of anti-maskers are like trying to like make that argument like that it's but it's it's really just not because um because you're not in there long enough not in there long enough it, it's not a surface thing it's very much so a respiratory yeah. thing if you wear your flipping mask it, it, yeah. if two people are wearing it it, it just doesn't happen i was playing back i was sweating on these people we were huffing and puffing on each other we're yelling at each other you know like clearly a dude must have just been sick and then because there was another guy that that said he had this exact same timeline yep and both of us test positive like all that stuff and then we sent out these messages that we kind of had and then all of a sudden like less and less dudes started showing up like all this kind of stuff so so 
Can you get sick with antibodies? Can you get the virus while you have the antibodies? What I'm, what I think is if you, is it kind of probably depends on the load. Because I bet you, like, we're all getting bits of it just constantly, yeah. right? Like, you and I are probably yeah. sharing yeah, bits yeah, of yeah. it right now, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that, like, I got so much load in that basketball game that it that it was able to take seed. It was able to seed itself and then yeah. grow or whatever, right? Um, so I think, like, if you're... That's why I think grocery stores, people aren't sitting there, like, conversing or, like, right. whatever. Right. In a bar, people are sitting Right, and they're yelling at each other. They're wrestling. People are making out in there. You know what I mean? There's like there's germs passing. Right, in a grocery store, people are moving around. You're not really talking to anybody. It's 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 not a social thing, even though there's a lot of people in there or whatever. When I was at the protests, I went to two protests, uh, Black Lives Matter protests. Uh Um, I think we're just talking by the way. Um, It's fine. And you let me know when you got to go and stuff. I'm gonna leave here at two o'clock. Okay. Okay. Good. it was so weird. Even though, like, you probably saw pictures of, or, like, videos or something yeah. like that of the protests, how, like, many people yeah. were together. While I was there, it was in Capitol Hill, right, in Denver, um, I felt this thing where everyone was still, like, five to six feet Today. apart. We all wore masks. There's people passing, just, like, bathing in, like, hand sanitizer um, and water. And um, and then any time that we were, like, we were, like, listening to other people talk or whatever, like, in some sort of way, it was, like, very distant. And it was, like... It, would, it just still felt like you just were, like, not... Careful. Yeah, you were still yes. careful. And then we're totally outside and everything. Um, so I, like, I felt like, like, I don't... And I never caught it. Like, I went twice, and I didn't come back feeling sick or anything like that. And people, you know, at least, I mean, I don't know, probably left-wingish, like, media, like, said, protests aren't causing any problems. When I went, I genuinely kind of felt like it wasn't, it wasn't, a, wasn't a problem, you know? Let me ask you this. So you, you obviously have several interests going on in okay. your life. What does Bryce have? So, one thing I'll say is Bryce would go to the protests with me. I, I, he came to uh, a couple of different ones. He loves protests. Um, That's <laughs> I, I would have brought him if it wasn't pandemic. I took him to uh, a women's march. Um, there's a gun control one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's some other one that we went to, too. Because he, he likes them. Um, what are his other interests, though? What does Bryce do at home? Watch TV right now. Yeah. You know, my concern, watch. my concern, and, um, you know, I sit on the Human Rights Committee at Imagine, yeah. which reviews people that have their rights suspended or uh, are on psychotropic meds, and we review them not to see if they're on the right meds, but to make sure that they see their doctor whenever they're supposed to. Normally once a year to make sure that that they are their guardian's sign that what they're taking and what the side effects are and all that. Um, make sure that they go to their primary care physician for a physical, make sure that um, any events that happen in their life um, involve the right people. And um, what I'm noticing is, is that they all come back and you do a residential part and then you do a day part. So yeah. if they're working, you know, you get an update on their job and um, who they live with, how they, what, under what conditions they live, how that's going. And they write reports. The people that they work with or people that they live with, they write reports. And one thing you're noticing is, is that the residential programming is not changing much, but the day program is, has come to a halt. 
Yeah. Not always, but often. Let's come to a halt. But you don't see much picking up in um, the home yeah. or in the residential areas. And it's like, you kept doing what you were doing, or you found something of interest, and I found something of interest. I read, I walk a lot, yeah. um, I do this. And it concerns me what this, what this group of people that have been isolated now for nine or ten months, yeah. it's not going to be a year, for yeah. a year are going to come back and be like. Yeah. A lot of these I mean, people that we know that that um, that you and I would know by name in that their parents are getting older, yeah. so their parents don't want them out back in the day program, or they don't want them out walking with friends or yeah. doing anything because if they get sick, then who's going to take care of the person, you know, know. Um, of that person? So it's like a vicious cycle. It so is. I worry. I'm concerned about sitting watching TV and even a good TV show you can only watch it so much yeah so believe me I've my my mom and I candidly have been fighting about this like I think Bryce should be doing more stuff and she should be pushing him to do more stuff but he's he's just so sedentary they go on a daily walk Um, that's good yeah walk around the neighborhood about 20 minutes or something they're doing the, my mom will maybe run an errand and he'll just stay in the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Be safe, sure. Yeah. I do think, like, they always have a weekly to go to Colonel Mustard's, get a hot dog. And he used to just sit, watch cars, and then they would cruise Pearl a little bit. Uh-huh. Right? That's his favorite thing. Yes, He's yes. people watching, right? that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, since pandemic, it's go get hot dogs, eat them in the car, drive back. Um, maybe drive around or something like that. I think that Pearl Street is super safe. Everybody's wearing masks. Um, it's it's already there yesterday. It's all, it's all, yeah, it's less people. Um, it's also um, outside or whatever. Like, you guys can be walking on Pearl Street or whatever. But, but my mom asks Bryce, do you want to walk? And he says no or something or whatever. And she just gives into that instead of pushing for a little bit. Well, you do know that Bryce has rights. Bryce has rights to say, no, I don't want to do that. And personally, I can tell you from a mother's point of view is you get tired of doing that. You get, you don't want to escalate, escalate a situation by asking them every 15 minutes, are you ready to go on that walk now? I'm going on a walk. Are you coming with me? And and if they say no, you have to respect that. And it's not... You know it's not healthy. I know it's not healthy to sit there and watch the TV. So it's very disheartening. And and um, I look and sometimes I just have to walk away from Sarah and say, all right, so, um, you know, respect that. And so come at her at something. Come at her. So I did this, this thing where we went on a mystery ride every day. And then we first we'd have to go on our walk and then we'd go on the mystery ride. That didn't always work, but it did, yeah, yeah. did often. Yeah. But I worry about the people that especially have... Sarah has two friends that have older parents yeah. that haven't... One woman, the only place she's been in 10 months is at her parents' house and at her house. Well, and, and here's... So when you're talking about rights, like, believe yes. me, like, I, I... I know you respect them. Yeah, and I, I think about maybe, like, the level of prefrontal cortex 
executive planning Bryce might have, right? Might be more comparable to a second grader, right? Now, you and I both know that, I mean, there's there's theories and arguments about what kind of right. education is most important or whatever, but if a second grader had a choice for what they wanted to do with their whole day, what would they choose to do? Playground. <laughs> Playground and and just and run around like 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 madness and go get smushed by giant cars, right? And and exactly. inevitably die really quickly, yes, right? If yes. you just if you just do whatever you want and then just run. Yeah. So that so then I think about that in terms of like okay, I'm the one who has a higher order executive planning and function and know that okay, Bryce like if you choose to eat a giant bag of peanut M&Ms, because he would not choose to eat anything else other than that, he would die in yes, yes. years, right? Yes, yes. So then, so that's where rights and choices and being a provider, being a um, guardian, like, those things are, com- those lines are complicated. It is very, you know? very. Um, and so that's why I feel that there's, yeah, there's obviously, like, so much like that that you want to have him feel in control of and uh, have his own choices and everything like that but there are there are some but you need to keep him healthy yes but then there are some that affect health and affect just general well-being yes. and, and lifespan and stuff like that it is you know, it, quality of life and it's a fine line yeah. it is a very fine line and to do it without having the having the the repercussions of them being upset, you know, of, yeah. of Sarah and Bryce being upset because you're telling them, we are going to go now. Yeah. We are going to go. And there are no... This behaviorist always looks at me and says, choice. Yep. Choice. Yep. So if you eat your dinner, you get a quarter cup of the peanut butter and Yeah. Or if... And I'll say, sorry, but, you know, let's... We're going to get ready to do this. Do you want to do it in the green car or the blue car? Yeah. And, and one, one, one step at a time. Yeah. One little step at a time. Yeah. And um, you can... You can t- and we're talking two different animals here. That's true. Sarah's very social. Very She can't get enough of other people. Bryce is in his comfort area. Yeah. At work. Yeah. Going, going to work. And well... The thing I think about, too, is something like uh, bowling, for example. He stopped showing up to bowling, which is, he was super into it. He got his own bowling ball. He was wearing his shoes. He got he looked forward to it all the time. Uh, he got the shirts for everybody? Yeah. Uh, I, I got the shirts yes, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but <laughs> he was there. It was him showing up the day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and what happened is one day, uh, you guys had to go to the Longmont alleys. Oh, yeah. And I took him, and that just threw him off. Like, Absolutely. Or whatever. Absolutely. And then and so then in his mind, he just thinks like, oh, it's always at this place. That's, it's bowling, unpred- now. that's, that's bowling. bowling now. Or, or yes. something unpredictable about exactly. it or whatever it is. And so the following week, he didn't want to go. And it was like, okay, maybe you didn't want to go that week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the next week he said, no, I don't want to go. And, and then as soon as, as soon as that, ha- a couple of times in a row, it's in his exactly. mind that he doesn't like it or yep. doesn't want to do it or whatever. But if, if we would have just that second week or that or earlier, you push that push that one a little bit, then we would have been, or even just later on at some point, just like we're going ball. The other day we did Thanksgiving, and we, we sit around the table, say you're thankful for something like that. 
we're all in and out of hospitals and sick and all this kind of stuff, so we were very used to just eating separately, and, like, I was quarantined in the basement for 10 days or whatever, right? <laughs> so we're kind of used to that setting yes. in a way. Yes, And um, And so then, but, but at this point, we were all back and stable and stuff. I said, Bryce, do you want to have Thanksgiving? We were already at, like, 3 p.m. Yeah. Thanksgiving together. He said, no. No, I'm just want to stay in my room, right? I... My mom was willing to let that be the thing, but I was pushing everybody. I was like, no, we're eating together, right? We all did. And then as soon as complained, put some little fun, as soon as we sat down and got together, oh, I'm so thankful for you, Ryan. Like, thankful. Uh, like, I'm grateful yes, that I'm yes, not in the hospital yes. anymore. All this kind yes. of stuff. Because we, I just needed to push a little bit. And so when we're talking about choice and... You know, so do you want to eat at two o'clock or three o'clock? Yeah. No, yeah. That's the thing. Which chair do you want to sit in? Yes. Yeah. That. that, so. that now that's just being an effective teacher, being an effective parent, hard. or whatever. I it's know. I know it's hard to come up to because it kind of puts you on your toes. Yeah. You know, it puts you on your toes. You're on your guard, saying, huh. "So, what's your favorite vegetables? I want to cook your favorite vegetables for yeah. But it is after. How old is Bryce? Thirty-five. After 35 years. I know. I know. Well, and, so, and really for, it was, it was probably more so once my dad, had, after dad had passed. Sure. And the, that's, that's when my mom faced it, really faced that. Did that change yeah. his personality? Bryce's? Yeah. So, yeah, in, in that um, he did get a little bit more of like kind of emotional. He had these, uh, they kind of started happening before my dad had died. Where he had these just outbreaks of, of self-hurting, of, of hitting himself. Yes, yes, and yes, then, yes, And then yes. just being just fixated and frustrated for, like, days at a time. Um, and those started actually a little bit before my dad died, but then they, they amplified after. Oh, can you imagine? And not being able to say, I am sad, I hurt. How did yeah, this happen? Yeah. Yeah. But um, something that was interesting that... that was really good is that there's a picture of him and my dad and Bryce in the hospital um, and so then I guess my mom had it where every time they walked by him they waved to dad Aww. hi dad yeah. there's dad yeah. and I don't know if that was like a coping thing that, that got him through things really quickly but or the whole hospital community just knew that he died and he just had that and to me Bryce had a really fast resilience with, with grief in that sort of sense I think that those emotions still manifested and came yes, through other ways. in other ways. Um, however, I will say this, though, is that um, I got him, uh, you know, I'm on an antidepressant, like a mild one, and I've had mental health things, um, and uh, I, my mom's on one, my dad became on one toward the end of his life, and so after some of these episodes were starting to happen, instead of giving, like, kind of like, a, there was a anti-anxiety like when they happen just sure. kind of to snap out of it or something like that I said we should do something preventative um, and then you know talk to I don't know if you've worked with Dr. Shapiro I know um, Dr. Shapiro yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we got him on a light antidepressant was, flipping mm-hmm. Zoloft and uh, and now he hasn't had a, a single of those episodes no self um, no self harm episodes well there's, you get the nail on the head there's the there's yep there's one um He's had a couple of like depression feelings, but not hurting, not self-harming stuff, mm-hmm. where he gets really, really um, 
low, low, like really uninteresting things. But I think that that's pandemic, no job, no social outlet. Life is less yeah. life. Yeah, life just all right that. Now. And so like, that's completely understandable. But since we we kind of want an antidepressant, no self harm stuff. So there was something chemical that yes, really, yes, really was helpful. Yeah. Again, yeah. you know, so when it... You know that feeling. Yeah. You do. You, you identify it. Yeah. I don't... Never give up. I believe never give yeah. up. There was a way... But there was a way for you to reach us. And it's... Hopefully, when... I think that we'll come out of this slowly. I don't think we're going to bang and say, no, all right, we're no, bang. No, not like... And, Hopefully. It's Easter. We're yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully he'll come out, you know, he'll be able I to go imagine. back to life slowly. And hopefully these, you know, people that have been so isolated, you know, the elderly and um, we got to look to 1920s when, when the Spanish flu happened. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what? Yes. 50 yeah. million people died. They had entire... States, nations, whatever, they were on quarantine and social distancing and all that kind of stuff. And actually, what did happen after that? We had what was called the Roaring Twenties and the Thirties, where all of a sudden, like, people went, yeah, we were having a good time. Um, Granted, everyone went to war after that as well. Um, But uh, hopefully that won't happen. but I, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, it happened a hundred years ago. And actually, if you look at humanity, that almost every hundred years, there's been, a, there's a plague. Something. That's uh, right. There's the Black Death, right? Yep. Measles was like, a, so we're bound, we're going to bounce back. I think that it's really hard to conceptualize since we're in it, like the amount of time that does take. But in 10 years from now, it's going to be a memory. It'll be back. Hopefully. You know? Hopefully. I do think that with how much technology and how maybe introverted some people can indulge in themselves I do I agree that it's going to be different and I do think that it's taken quite a toll on, on our population especially and that's going to last a while too it's going to be a little slow burn with that and change isn't always bad that's what I say change isn't always bad it was here at least in this economy yeah. we're out of control yeah we were out of control the, the amount people were paying for houses and clothes this and so shoes true and all that so that was out of control so maybe that will come back together yeah. a little bit maybe I, I hope so too. a little more sense yeah Sarah and I volunteer at the Sister Carmen Center at the food yeah. bank and um, have you been doing that through pandemic too no no, no, okay. no. I would go but not her yeah she would um, the people that we would see in the food bank were people um you know, everybody would imagine, oh, they're homeless, or they're, you know, they're, they're down, and they're, you know, they're dirty, or they're this and that. It was nothing like that. No. It was nothing like that. It's people that, even before the pandemic, that were just having a hard time. Yeah. You know, having a hard time. It was so joyful to, to be able to, like, shop with them. We'd go through shopping, and they do it by points, and so yep. we get this points and all that. Yep. And, and people just loved being able to shop, you know, being... Yeah. What everybody else does. Yeah. Yeah. So.
so. Well, and then, and then, then we even think about our population, especially like how sometimes how sorry we can feel for them or, or whatever. Like, do you know how happy some no some of the, some of our, Sarah and Bryce like are? Like, no kidding. They don't. Sarah is very. Sarah has a really good personality to yeah. be with people. Sometimes her behavior isn't the best. Yeah. You know, yeah. She's not always appropriate, but she appropriate for. Her. But she, um, well, that's something else too. Is like they're just so unmasked. Exactly. So pure. So let down your little wall. Yeah. There's Airs no, there's no filter. Yes. You know? Exactly. It's beautiful. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I feel blessed. I, yeah. I, I'm telling you, Stephen will Facetime, and he Facetimes her probably three or four times a week. Yeah. And he goes, "Hi, Sarah," and she goes, "Steve." Yeah. It's like she hasn't seen him in months. Yeah. And she'll just talk to him and tell him what she did, and which is a much but Even going for a walk, and if we go up to Estes Park and we see the Alpen, yeah. I bring a picnic and we'll just sit there by the Alpen and we'll eat yeah. at the picnic table, and you know, or we'll go down to I don't know, we'll go up to uh, out to El Dorado, um, and. Um, We'll just take a walk through and there's always a deer that runs by or there's yeah. always like squirrels and, and and all that and she just sees so much joy in that yeah so not everybody does and I will tell you she changed that in me to be able to yeah. see a lot more interesting things life life a little better way 